it, it's it's really great to be able to see both your eyebrows and one nose hole. <laughs> it's a Picasso painting. Me, me specifically, or Josh as well? Well, uh, with Josh, I can only see one eye. I'm showing you my good side here. Is this better? There we go. It it is kind of hard to talk just to your eyebrows, but <sighs> Josh, we look. I'm pale. sorry. I just I don't know about the Zoom life yet. Kind of got it. It's okay. Got it down. But question. Okay. Do you not you, Josh? I'm talking to Zach. <laughs> For those listening, I zipped my mouth closed and threw away the key with sass. Before he said that entire sentence. Yeah, it didn't hold very it, well. I'll do it again. <laughs> Insert sass. <laughs> oh, Zach. Yeah. Do you consider the best guitar player in the world as also your favorite guitar player? Or are they two completely different people? Two completely different people. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess it depends on what you mean by best. Because who would you say, like, I mean, I know that that's, uh, that's debatable, but, like, who would you say, like, okay, I consider that person to be the best guitar player, but maybe they're not your favorite? Ringo Starr. <laughs> Ringo Starr, obviously. I liked how he <laughs> hit the guitar with the sticks. <laughs> Let's go! Um, <clears throat> um, I would say technically, like, skills-wise, maybe, like, Ingve Malmsteen or something like that. But I don't particularly like him because it's just kind of okay. boring shredding. Okay. Um, but who's so your personal favorite? David Gilmore. Okay. From Pink Floyd. Of the Gilmore Girls? Yes. <laughs> we said we'd never discuss them. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I didn't get the rule book. <laughs> I don't know if we said that exactly. <laughs> so, so what about you? Uh, no, I think... I don't know who my it's probably my favorite guitarist. Uh, Harris would probably be the guy, be Claudio Sanchez, just because I enjoy the things that he makes up. But he is definitely not the best guitarist in the world, um, okay. or even necessarily the best guitarist I've ever heard. Because like I don't know how to say that name that Zach said earlier, but that guy or the guy from Dragon Force or Herman Lee. One guy. I, there's one guy I saw recently playing like an eight or 12 string guitar or something like that uh, with Rick Beato on YouTube. All those guys are way better than him technically, but yeah. like they're, they're just making creativity wise. They're just being, they're just going and who cares? Like Steve Vai and, and, and <laughs> yeah. whatever that other guy's name, Joe Satriani, all those guys, they all suck. They're great <laughs> guitarists. They suck at music. I will say recently I've, um, I don't Phil, have you heard of the band Polyphia? No. Okay. Well, it's an instrumental band that I heard of recently, and one of their guitarists, Tim Henson. I really like his guitar work. Is that he Tim is another Henson's one of those. Brother? Yeah, same, but he's a dentist. <laughs> yeah. So he can play an eight or twelve string guitar while wearing a hand puppet. Exactly. Why are there so? Many or maybe the guitar guitars? is a puppet. Oh. He so has he... a puppet that's also playing an eight string guitar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, that was what that what you guys said makes a lot of sense because you always say like people ask you your favorite stuff, which I, I some people are annoyed by that question. I kind of like it, but like is it's not usually like oh okay the person who's considered the most skilled or like you said the most creative, right? Like what you personally prefer may not mm -hmm. necessarily be what's considered like 
cutting edge or anything, but yeah, um, like you can separate the two. Yeah, but like we're my... in like the guitar world. You might enjoy Murder by Death and like hate Metallica, but obviously the guys from Metallica play a lot better, like skill wise, than the guys from Murder by Death. But the Murder by Death writes better, you know, songs for your yeah. enjoyment. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard some pretty bad songs from Metallica. <laughs> yes, but they still have the technical proficiency, regardless of whether they've written bad songs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm, or bad a simple, albums. I'm a simple soul. My favorite guitarist is Hendrix. And I had always heard that, like, you know, that he was just, like, he was always, you know, strung out. And, you know, the drugs were so bad. And I was like, I never understood how he could play so well, in my opinion. Like, I, when I hear his stuff, it's like, okay, that's something I've never heard before. And that's why I like it. But I just recently heard an interview with someone who recorded with him, who was like in the recording studio with him. And he would play things on by himself, play his parts by himself, record them, and then listen to them running the tape forward and backwards. So that when he got into the recording studio, <laughs> Phil's face, that was great. So that when he Visual got- Visual comedy. In, yep. Always works for a, radio, a podcast. Um, when he got into the recording studio, he literally knew his parts forward and backwards. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I thought that was pretty awesome. I'm not That's a big fan of Hendrix. Crazy. Um, personally. I like Foxy Lady. <laughs> yeah, like a, I like some of his songs, but I wouldn't, does. I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of him in general. Um, just because he intimidates you. He intimidates me. What? He always had a, a really cool hat on, and I don't think I could pull off a hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, okay. Yeah, it's okay. You can maybe but, you uh, could, your thing. Your thing could be shoes. Thank you. I was thinking about getting into shoes, but <laughs> he's the guitar. <laughs> you know, the guitar center who plays the shoes. Yeah. Always <laughs> up there on those high heels, the ruby red high heels, like Prince. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I guess he already had that. You're gonna have to find your own thing, Zach. Man, I'm gonna have to get like. I'll be the guitarist um, that doesn't read books. I'll be the first, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably the first gu- guitarist who doesn't read books who's on a book podcast. <laughs> but that's a pretty <laughs> long title. That's not like the guitarist <clears throat> who like shoes. Speaking of that, though, this is an episode where Zach has read a little bit of the book. What? Yeah. One of those special ones. Yeah. Like the everybody, notes on the back. Everybody, Zach yeah. Everybody in this us. episode has read a little bit of the book. That. I didn't now, read I'm any getting, of it. now I'm getting an excellent shot of uh, Josh's left shoulder. Yeah, yeah there's no Josh. Bad. I didn't read any of this book. No, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No. But I know all the stories. <laughs> so, welcome to Don't Drink the Tea. It's the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze her books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm, I'm Charlotte. Z- Me uh, first. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> We have a special guest returning. It's Phil, <laughs> a.k.a. guest from episode two, a.k.a. murderer serial killer Bob Mittens. Oh, yeah. I'm such a fan of your work. Bob Mittens. I can't even remember how to voice Bob Mittens. <laughs> it is your can't. best. Huh? It's like what you just did, but a slight country accent, a little bit quieter. Yeah, it's hard to do because you guys have me constantly smiling and i can't do bob mittens with a smile on my face so you just have to be, stop being so delightful <laughs> <Aww. Mittens. laughs> welcome back phil 
Hi, thanks for the welcome. Good to have you, especially on this amazing, incredible masterpiece of a book that we have read this time. Yes. You have been, you should feel honored. It is, a, it is a masterpiece of something. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It doesn't yes. matter if this is uh, like your favorite Agatha Christie book. It's like the guitarist question. It's objectively the best Christie book, no matter <laughs> what you think. You can have a different favorite, but this one will always beat everyone else. You guessed mm. it, Mr. Parker Pine Detective. That's right. This is the little Wayne of the guitar world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see i i like to think uh the other way is that you could everyone has their you know their their own favorite and this could be your favorite and if so it's objectively wrong and you're an idiot <laughs> if this is your favorite you're not allowed on the podcast if this is your favorite you should just leave now so <laughs> i just love love having you on here just for the truth bombs that you dropped <laughs> I, well i, I was trying Go ahead. remember so clearly the last time that you were on and we were talking about something i don't care if it was the book or if it was another book and we were like something about you know not calling spoilers and you're like you know what this book was written in like the 1930s you don't deserve <laughs> a spoiler warning and i was like oh my gosh like the freedom that i have felt since that moment so I mean, now, it's these are like in the public domain, right? At this yeah. point, you could just you could write these stories again much. and don't even have to like credit her. <laughs> <laughs> this is how far we are along in time. I think yeah. this one, this one is not in the public domain, which is a good, uh, good move for the Agatha Christie. Uh, That's sad. Thing. I was hoping this that we we the cash. I was really hoping that we were gonna make uh we we were gonna take and make like a twelve part movie vignette thing. I'm writing letters. Of, of I'm this, writing, I'm writing some letters to the company. See what well, I can do. Well, we'll just have to watch Here's and see when company. it becomes when it when when the copyright expires on it. We're just gonna get right down to it and make a bunch yeah. of movies. The moment it happens, the day it happens, because it's gonna take them an hour or so to, you know. I'll start working on the screenplay now. Hit the refresh button. Can you play uh, Parker Pine, Phil? Uh, I'm. I look like it. <laughs> can I play Peter Parker? Could you tell us a little bit about Parker Pine, Phil? Set up the book for our uh, listeners as the newbie. Uh, if I can recall correctly. Um, it doesn't matter Parker, if you can. Parker, Parker Pine uh, looks like Winston Churchill, and he's full of himself, and he sits in an office, and he says, statistics, and statistics read that I know everything about everyone. And if you will pay me be, to be... Be, be more happy than you are then I will commit several crimes to ensure your happiness I would also insult as many races and genders as possible and possibly put your life in danger by literally knocking you unconscious by dropping something on your head and potentially fatally wounding you all in the name of happiness and anti-boredom <laughs> Sorry, I decided that last time when I potted with you guys, I was reserved. So this time, I'm just gonna be me. Full on. And that's your... how I felt about it. I wanted your opinion, but you just read <laughs> off the back of the book. Oh my! I was gonna say <laughs> podcast waiting... over. There is nothing more that needs to be said. I've been waiting a week to just rant about Parker Pine, and it's, <laughs> it's gonna be Woo! satisfying. So yeah, he he had what was he? He worked for the government and like studied files that what are you doing who who charlotte 
Were you checking your nose? Zach was checking his nose hairs, so I thought I would check mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was flaring my nostrils. Oh, I can't do in that. Dominance. <laughs> I thought it was a mating dance. So, yeah, he, he uh, thinks he knows. Is it a spoiler, Josh? Is it a spoiler to say that we all hate this book? Uh, I think you probably could say that now. They, they, they might have figured it out. <clears throat> this is say one of the best that books I hate ever. it. Top 10, obviously. <laughs> I've probably read about 10 books. And I so wouldn't say that I hate it, but it's terrible. He has an ad in the paper. He can make anybody like, he can make you happy because he Are knows. You happy. Or your money back. Yeah. Most of the stories aren't even That's right. like murders or, or like direct mysteries. Some of them are just straight up people coming to him with like these weird problems that he's going to solve for them. Well, I, I thought that they kind of got worse as they went, but I think yeah. it might have been like, it might have been a whatever you call it, like a bell curve or whatever. I don't know. Like the middle was really terrible. And then like by the end, like it was, it kind of pulled it out into being not as terrible stories, but like, uh, I, 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 I'm not supposed to discuss ahead of time, but I couldn't help but say something to Charlotte earlier this week was like, she started out and was like, okay, I'm going to write this vi- this different kind of character who does different kind of stuff. And she got like three stories in and she was like, you know what? Forget it. I write mystery novels with detectives. So I'm just going to make Mr. Parkpine not a detective, detective, detector. And then, and then it just turns into detective mysteries from that point forward. Like a fourth story in, everything just goes into, oh, this could have been a, a crappy version of Perot or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first one was The Case of the Middle-Aged Wife. Oh yeah, uh, was that like, the one with the was that the one with the hot young thing at work, and he was just taking her out because she needed a friend? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different time, folks. Apparently, it's a different time, <laughs> honey. Don't wait up. I'm going out with this 18 year old girl from work. She really needs to go bowling. She doesn't have any friends, and my 40 year old butt's gonna take her out. And it's just <laughs> purely platonic, and she's totally into this bowling thing. I buy it. <laughs> And it, for some reason, his wife was upset about that. <laughs> wow, How, the, the nerve. She sounds... She, does she not really trust him? Petty. So Parker Pine's decision to help her is she has to make him jealous, right? By getting right. herself a young guy. Yeah, woman. basically. He's like, she get yourself dolled up. A young guy to go out with, yeah, and go dancing. She also gets her hair did, gets her nails did, gets herself all, new clothes and all sorts of stuff. That, like, he acted like he paid for, but it was with her money. It was her money, yeah. Yeah. And is that the one at the end where, like, he, Parker Pine gets the boyfriend, Gigolo, to, like, leave? Gigolo. And, like, write yeah. her a letter. Like, he wanted to be with her, but he had to go. So she always had this, like, oh, lost romance feeling, and she felt okay with it. Her heart wasn't broken. <clears throat> He's like, I'm changing my jiggling ways. That exact same thing happens in an episode of The Simpsons where Bart <laughs> writes to Mrs. Krabappel pretending to be a lover. And at the end, he just writes that he can't be with her. And it, like, wraps it up fine. Nobody gets in trouble because she thinks, like, oh, this guy just, he couldn't be with me, but we still love each other. I bet The Simpsons episode was a better piece of work than this book. Oh, it book. was way better. It was way better. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I love that her, her solution is, like, they're, like, so terrible and shallow and... yeah. I don't know how to describe them exactly, but yeah, that was it. She like goes and gets her, her, she gets like a full makeover and new clothes and everything else. And then she gets this new boy toy and then she goes and dances with him where, wherever her husband is out with his 
friend from work and you know just basically increasingly makes him jealous and then and then mr gigolo leaves town to change his ways because she's a real fine lady that he can't treat that way no more and now he needs to change his ways and apparently that's all she needed to get back together with her husband yeah yeah i don't want to ever after too far ahead but the only thing that i slightly liked about this book very slightly was that this story this story did that and after i read that i was like okay christy you're way better than that like that's the most obvious thing that could happen and then later on in the book it happens uh the other way around like a husband comes and says that his wife is paying attention to a guy and so they do the same kind of thing uh literally the same answer i I think it's like the discontented husband Yeah, yeah but in that one at the end the husband uh, accidentally falls in love with the other woman, right? And the other woman is like, "Wait, I'm just, I'm just tired." Just playing this. a part. I just work yeah. for Parker Pine. And then Parker Pine at the end wrote, uh, "Failure owing to natural causes. They should oh, yeah, have been yeah. foreseen." <laughs> natural <laughs> causes. This magnificent, I'm a moron. This, mag- this magnificent vamp that works for me. <laughs> yeah, he so thinks that was- I'm a vamp. <laughs> That was another thing that was really obnoxious about this book. I mean, there's so much. And so many of our listeners have told me that they love it when we do a bad book. So yeah. they should they should be thrilled because this, this is the worst. This is so awful. But, you know, she started with, and again, this was one of the ones that was, was serialized. So it was right. a series of short stories in a newspaper or in a magazine, you know, with spaces in between. So... It's really hard, at least for me, to read straight through those because yeah. it's like it's just rehashing so much information. But I know you had to do that if you were like only getting published once a month or something. But it's right. like, oh, we have to be told what Mr. Parker Pine looks like every single time. And we have to be told, you know, what his advertisement is every time. And that gets obnoxious. But she, she created these characters like the gigolo and the uh, or lounge lizard, I think was the word for them back then, um, and the yeah. vamp and everything and then yeah three stories in it's just like nope we're going to toss it and we're never going to hear from them again or no <laughs> yeah uh, you know i, I, I never least. thought about that i never thought about that you're right because parker pine goes on vacation and forget <laughs> the whole thing now i'm a detective because yeah. he was on vacation for like eight out of 12 episodes yes and he was every one of them he's like no i'm i'm right. i'm work i'm not working if i told you i'm on vacation don't ask i me. will you have to ask at least two more times before I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. it wouldn't have like hit so hard. They're still all bad by themselves. Yes. But at least you could like read that and be like, oh, that wasn't very good and move on with your day. Instead of like <laughs> reading back to back to back to back to back all these bad books and then you kind of lose faith in her as a writer and in literature <laughs> as a whole. It was probably it. somehow thrilling back in the day. <laughs> Oh, so I mean, it got published into a collection of, in a book. I, I, someone liked this crap. Yeah. But, you know, it was myself, a different time. <laughs> I keep telling myself it maybe it had to happen. Like, maybe this was some sort of purge. Like, you know, sometimes you have to throw up to feel better. There's no other solution. <laughs> no like amount it. of ginger like ale it. will ever make you feel better. You just have to go and stick your head in the toilet. Whoa, have you ever drank an entire double gulp of ginger ale? And I don't want to hear you talk about no amount of ginger ale. I don't even. I don't even want to drink a shot glass of ginger ale, honestly. I have had (laughs) bold ginger ale, Zach. Have you tried this? You know, know recently, 
saw bold ginger ale in the fridge, but it did not own it did not belong to me. And I said, I can't take that. that it was, was at work. house that he was robbing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I cannot touch the, the dog was going crazy, and I had to get out of there. But I was like, Can I take the ginger ale? Well, I'll leave that one. Did you say a bold ginger ale with bold a B? Bold ginger ale, Like, yes. it's a ginger ale that just says what's on its mind? Yeah, so it's like if the Kool-Aid <laughs> man busted in with ginger ale. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So I tried it. and like, Is, is first... bold, like, double gingery or something? Well, exactly. I was like, what? It, I mean, they put it in, like, a darker bottle, so it looks, like, more yellowy. So I was like, okay, whatever. And so I took, a, you know, I started drinking it, and I'm like, ginger ale... You're, you're such a liar. You're just ginger ale. What is your problem? And then like five seconds later, my lips started to burn and my tongue started to burn and the back Whoa. of my throat started to burn. Nice. And I was like, oh my goodness, this ginger ale is kicking my butt. This ginger ale is quite bold. It's quite you know, it's, bold it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've had ginger ale and now that I'm old, uh, I'm kind of curious if i would enjoy it more now because there are some things that i thought i hated and then i've had them recently and i'm like oh, i don't hate this <laughs> so i'm curious now maybe i need to get some bold ginger ale oh no no i would recommend starting you know with the classic start, and start, then work your work way start with, start with like <laughs> sheepish ginger ale or something like cow, the cowardly ginger ale Mild. You, gotta, you gotta start with diet ginger ale and work your way up <laughs> Super mega light. I, so I that, didn't know. I didn't know if it was going to be that the ginger ale was like a more intense taste when you said it didn't. You didn't notice anything. I thought maybe it was going to be that like they added caffeine to it or something. Oh, like a that would be nice. ginger ale energy drink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you drink ginger ale, but also, but also for, climb <laughs> for when you're nauseous and you want to feel better, but you want to get nauseous again on the other side of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is a nice little bookend. Yes. <laughs> so, Zach, which one of these stories did you read? Give us a quick, you don't know, which one was it called? Give us a quick sum up of the, it's the case of the rich lady, I think. The case of the rich oh, lady. No. <laughs> give us a quick, give the audience a quick sum up, because I don't think we'll have time to go through every story. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so either. We have all the time in the world. We're, we're locked down. <laughs> the 20 hour episode. Fucking <laughs> busts a fat lady, right? She's not happy. She's not having a great time in life. She goes, Parker Pine, I'm bored. And he goes, okay, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, it's like a speed dating round, you know. And so she's like, you know, I got a house and I got horses probably. And I got a boat. I don't even like boats or the water. And I got this and I got that. And she's just flexing hard. Am I right? Or am I right? You're right. You're right. Yep. She was flexing. And then uh, Parker Pine's like, okay, okay. Well, let me think about it for a second. <laughs> so he thinks about it. And she's like, well, hurry up, you know. And he's like, well, you know, have you tried getting a country house? And she's like, idiot, I already got one of those. I just didn't say it. And so he's <laughs> like, all right, well, now we need to get frisky. And he cracks his knuckles. And, he's, and he goes, now, for this to work, I need 1,000 buckaroons which if I was smart enough, I would have looked up how much that is equivalent in today's money. But I did. I'm going to with $1 million. <laughs> he says, I need $1 million cash before this goes out. She goes, you'll have it by tomorrow. So tomorrow comes. He's got the cash. He, they go to see a doctor. This doctor is insane. I think. <laughs> 
in and he's like, please come in and they've got a nurse. And I don't remember why she's important, but she might not be. There's a nurse there as well. And it, and it comes in and they're like, yeah, come on. This is going to be wild and crazy stuff. Here, here's a coffee, girl. Have some coffee. So she starts sipping on the coffee. The next thing you know, what I assumed started happening was that she took whatever Alice had in Alice in Wonderland that made her small. <laughs> Wasn't the truth. One pill makes you larger. But uh, she said, my other theory was that uh, the doctor turned into a werewolf, but neither of those turned out to be true. It would have made for a better story. That's what I so <laughs> ne next up, she wakes up and she's in this room. She's like, okay, am I in the hospital? <laughs> I forgot to mention she passed out. <laughs> but she woke up. She woke up, that's for sure. She wakes up in this room and she's like, oh, am I in the hospital? She's like, no. She's like, am I in the, the place I was before? No. <laughs> Which is probably also a hospital because she went to the doctor. Am I home? No. Right, she's like, am I home? No, this room is too boring and I'm super rich. And she's like, oh. <laughs> so next thing you know, this lady comes in and she's like, oh, name that's not yours? She's like, oh, <laughs> Megan, how are you? And she's like, Megan, who's Megan? And she's like, you're Megan. And she's like, no, I ain't. And she's like, uh-huh. And she's like, uh-uh. And then another guy comes in and he's like, hey, you live here and it's a farm. And she's like, a farm? I used to live on a farm when I was of girlhood. <laughs> but not now. And so she thinks if she keeps going on with this, no, I ain't Megan Delioso, then they're going to throw her in the loony bin, a.k.a. the booby hatch, the, booby hatch, the insanic asylum. Is what they called it. The Insanic Asylum? Asylum. The Insanic Asylum. Insanic? I think that's what they called it in the book. Insanic the Hedgehog? No. It was a weird word, and it took me a long time to read it, because I don't word well. Insanic. Sanatorium. Oh. No. No. I'll Insanic the Hedgehog. Go to the story, I'll look for it. And so, she's like, okay, well, let me just play it cool. Whether she finds a newspaper article that's like, this crazy doctor can switch your body with someone who looks exactly <laughs> like you. And she's like, this must have happened. Which is a, <laughs> it's a, it's a thing to jump to. Because you're like, you know what? I she's don't seen believe. Freaky Friday. Yeah. With Lindsay Lohan and Jimmy Exactly. Lee. Not the original. She's like, well, here's the, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Because Jimmy Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan don't look anything alike despite being <laughs> daughter and mother in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they don't look very similar at all. Brothers Doctor figured it out. Okay? Yeah. She's like, okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some money. I'm going to go to London Town. I'm going to confront Parker Pine. And I'm going to say, fool, a First, lunatic asylum. Cut this out. <laughs> An insanic. An insanic asylum. This is lunatic. Say, clapped into a lunatic asylum for girl. An insanic listerium. Oh, we have to leave the meeting. Insanic Elysium. That'd be a great it's band name. Just saying. Insanic Asylum. Insanic Elysium. Insanic Elysium. Asylum. Aluminium. So how does it end? Respiratory. So, so she starts working, right? And she's just waiting for the day where she can go slap down Mr. Parker Pine, right in his glory, right in rolling around in her hard-earned cash. And she's working Greasy and working. Fella. But all of a sudden, 
Mr. Dreamboat, Mr. Hunk, comes into her life. The farmhand. The farmhand. And he ain't too bright, but he knows what love is. I'll tell you that. And they sometimes go for an afternoon walk, you know? It's all lovely peaches. Until one day, she's cutting the cabbage, right? She's, she's knee-deep in literally. cabbage. She's literally <laughs> cutting cabbage. This <laughs> and here, leaning against the fence, is Mr. Parker Pine. The very one at the beginning. The bald creep. The bald creep. And the greasy like, fella. Girl. What'd you say? The greasy fella. The greasy fella. There's a constant there's a constant thing of like every story, someone's like, You greasy <laughs> insert insult. <laughs> <laughs> so I just assume he's like got sweaty butter pouring off of him at all times. Mm-hmm. He's a greaser. <laughs> yeah. He tried to slick his hair back, but it, it just wasn't working. <laughs> anyway. So what's old Greasy say? <laughs> So Greasy's there, and he's like, sup, girl? And she's like, you dirty rat. (laughs) And she's like, I can't believe you got that doctor to switch bodies with me with that other girl who's in the insane asylum. (laughs) (laughs) She's never getting out, and I can't say anything because they're going to throw me in the insane asylum for being Britney when really, my name is Mrs. Hubblepuff. (laughs) It was Megan. And so, and so she's like, you want to know something cool? She's like, yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so aggressive. <laughs> he's like, it's all fake. I hired everyone. And she's like, nah. He's like, yeah. I was going to get married to Mr. Farmhand. But now I can't because I'm rich. And he's like, what? Now you're rich. You can't get married. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll show you. I'm going to get married to him. We have $700. We're going to buy a farm. We're going to live happily ever after. Just like I was when I was in girlhood. And he's like, what do you want to do with all your money then? And she's like, give it to the hospitals. And he's like, whack. And then they say bye. And that was definitely <laughs> the simplest solution for her to find happiness. Definitely. That was the only thing. And it turns could. out that she got drugged. Um, he, the doctor was not a. Uh, werewolf, unfortunately. <laughs> and she was not oh. drugged by any Alice in Wonderland. No. <laughs> no. She did not meet the caterpillar. <laughs> caterpillar. Think of the crimes committed. Yeah. Like, if, if nothing else, he drugged and kidnapped the woman. Yeah. <laughs> then, the as, then he held happiness. her, I mean, and then he held her against her will where well, he like relocated a year. her. Yeah. yeah as, as Hannah. Yeah, or Megan. And also, when when Megan was held against her will for a year, <laughs> right? And also, like he was like, "Oh, and I took." I really think this is how it's worded. I took the liberty while you were drugged <laughs> to have you sign over all of your money to oh, me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, did so that. I took good care of it. Right. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I've been making business. a lot of investments. You got more money than you started with after I drugged you and he forged you. I don't know if he forged it or I just, you know, he had her do it. But regardless, it's all crimes. It's nothing but crimes. Parker Pine is going to jail. She, she had to wait till she had to wait till she Parker had, Pine. She had to wait till Parker Pine died to publish these. She wanted to have. Yep. She paid a thousand dollars for this. What you guys are ignoring is the really well written threat in the middle of the book that like, uh oh is hannah gonna go to the insane asylum <laughs> it's yeah, true the, the other hannah was already in the insane asylum and then <laughs> this hannah would also join her in the insane asylum if she said hey i'm not hannah or megan 
I want to read you one of my favorite lines. You think you're just going to find it? Um, this book, and yours doesn't you just either, grabs, so. You just grabs the, the book. This book doesn't even have a table of contents. That's how... I, how that's how together. I could... Those exact, I said those exact words to Phil, like, a couple weeks ago. We were messaging, because he was like, what number are we on? And I was like, I don't even know, because this book is so dumb, it doesn't even have a table <laughs> right. of contents. They don't want you to know how long the stories are or what's coming next. Oh, say the cool anecdote about how you shared this book. I forgot about that. Is it a cool anecdote? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, yeah, I've, uh, one of my lifelong aspirations has been to do voice acting. <laughs> and it's really embarrassing. And I think I like totally must have, I don't know what was wrong with me because like Phil, the, you do amazing voice acting. Like, and I have a lot of respect for your voice acting. So like, I, I read this entire book. I recorded this entire book and an audiobook and send it to Phil. And I, I don't know now, what I was thinking because I am the worst. I, I appreciated the effort involved and then oh I didn't gosh. have to I didn't have to get the books. Now <laughs> it makes sense why Phil hates it so much. It, you, all, <laughs> it I, all started I, Hey, in, in fairness, I did not make it worse. I could not have made That'd it That'd be hard, worse. yeah. <laughs> um you could have made it better though if you'd read everything like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> wow. she, uh, I never when she when though. charlotte originally asked me about being on this episode i was trying to find the books on like amazon to get a kindle copy of it because it was <clears throat> or even a, a book copy of it but i guess it must have had different names or something but we could yes. i couldn't find it for the life of me so charlotte was like i can just read it to you and i feel like it might have been a joke and i was like do it and then she had to so she did <laughs> I, I, it was you know it's something that I've wanted to do it's kind of sad that it was this book um and also there is absolutely no way of reading this book without being racist misogynistic <laughs> so incorrect so sometimes I didn't do the accents just because I was like no I don't feel right about this <laughs> It's an offensive book. It's but bad. Remember, um, a couple episodes ago, we were doing the Boomerang Clue, also known as Why Didn't They Ask Evan? And yeah. I was like, I was throwing such shade at the audiobook that I read online and like how bad it was. And like, oh my gosh, she didn't even try. I, I'm worse than her. Like, it was <laughs> so bad. You can tell that it sucked Charlotte's soul out because as she went along, she just was like, I didn't feel like doing an accent today. <laughs> I barely felt like reading the story. So just be thankful that you got anything. And then I did, I thought maybe it would be like less horrible if I didn't do an accent as like the narrator. Made everyone else I would depressed. get confused, and and Phil was like, you, you know what? You sound like you're having more fun when you do the accent. Like, all right, I'll go back to doing the accent. Like when she read the one, cause she, cause she did, you know, she did the narrator in a British accent, like you do, and uh, and then she got to one where she was like, I didn't do an accent today, and the story, like, I don't remember which story it was, but it was like, it didn't matter. So there was Jimmy, and he had a newspaper about this Parker Pine fella, and he figured he would probably like go see that guy, and like, I don't know, whatever. That's how the that's how the narration <laughs> felt on that one American accented story. You don't just, realize that your emotion is leaking out into your voice. Like, you can just tell Charlie, this story sucks so much. 
Oh goodness. But it was I mean it was on my bucket list and I I did greatly enjoy it but I I am so bad at it. Oh my gosh. So I was just uh, appalled by uh Parker Pine's blatant <laughs> disregard for the law. He's basically Batman but fat and sucky. Here's <laughs> the issue I'm having with your criticism is that just sounds like the most intense escape room. <laughs> and really <laughs> it was. It was. It basically does. It, it is, the one guy goes, I'm bored. I'm not in the war anymore, and no one's trying to kill me, so life is lame. And and Parker Pine tells him to meet. He's like, hey, well, and meet Parker my Pine's associate. Parker like, we've got an app for that. Yeah, he's like, meet my associate Jim Bob over at the Denny's. And But then on his way to the Denny's, he gets intercepted by this girl, I think. And she's like, I got a treasure map. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, she was being assaulted by the dudes. And so that at the end, that's when he's like, oh, man, I never met Jim Bob. I was supposed to do that. Crap. Oh, but, well. But Parker Pine was, like, you know, setting them both on this path to run into each other. And I don't know. Like, yeah. on one side, you're like, oh, it's just it's just like Hitch. <laughs> on the flip side, you're like. But like Kevin James side, like, is Parker Pine. Right. But oh on, the, on the flip side, you're like, no, no, no. This, this is really illegal. If, not, if, uh, if you take all of the other morality out of it, everything he does is just, like, super illegal criminal right. activity. You have to wonder how, no matter how bad of a person he is, how he thinks from getting from point A to point B, like how does he concoct these plans? There has to be a simpler way, even with the same amount of crimes, to get them to the to the result. I don't know why there has to be a treasure map. Well, and I also was trying to think. have to switch bodies. I don't know why any of these things have to. Have you ever thought of a little thing called fun? <laughs> I guess well, he is just as the, bored uh, as they are. <laughs> And in this case, I'm kind of curious, like, how long was he sitting on the case file with the girl who said she wasn't happy? Like, they just so happened to come in five minutes apart from each other, and he's like, aha, I've got an idea. But then yeah. what was the happiness? Was the happiness to put them together with a romantic partner, or just to put them into, into a dangerous situation, or one for her and one for him, and they just happen to be the same one? Like, right, right. And all of this comes from a knowledge of statistics of what would that make him happy. That was a BOGO deal. Yeah, it was yeah. a tough week, and he was like, I don't have time to plan two different crimes. Two for 20. I'm just going to throw these two together and hope a little magic happens. You know? It really, it falls into line with the whole, like I said, how he's just a crappy Hercule Poirot or whatever. He's just a crappy detective who's not supposed to be a detective, and that wasn't the plan, because no one else would come up with these schemes. The original right. one, when he's like, I deal in statistics. <laughs> and then he's like, the answer is to make your wife jealous. <laughs> that makes sense. It honestly does. When you're talking about statistics, you're, you could say, ah, nine times out of ten, they're just bored. But then you get three stories in, and he's like, oh, I've got this elaborate thing. It was the yeah. butler in the pantry with the candlestick. <laughs> it's and like it goes all off of the rails. his decisions were made from, like, Reddit polls. That was, that was that was his statistics. Those were his, uh, right. his facts. Yeah. What are these statistics that you were doing? The crime statistics? You're reading all the crimes and deciding which ones you should do? Exactly. Which ones usually end with a happy ending? Looks like there's a lot of happy people who have suffered concussions <laughs> and nearly died. We'll go this with lady, that. This lady reported being very happy after she was saved from being kidnapped, so I just got to kidnap <laughs> people and then save them. <laughs> bada so, bing, bada boom. Uh, so Josh, if you're still there, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just leading back. Why are you? Just, are you're too lazy to be on camera? Okay. So, cause all I could see was like your one like hand with your lady fingernails, like <laughs> gesturing. They're short nails right now. Oh, okay. They, there was like the light was reflecting off of them, and they like looked longer than mine. 
But anyway, so was this, I have a question for you. Cause like he goes, Parker Pine goes upstairs in one of the um, stories and was <laughs> like, oh, hey, uh, Mrs. Oliver, can you, you, can you spin me? Oh yeah. Line? Is that the first appearance of Ariadne Oliver? Because that I know is. her. Because she's talking about like the bag of apples and stuff. Cause she- That got, yeah, that, that like completely went out of my mind after all of the craziness. But yeah, she, she, this is the first time that she's in it and she becomes such a big character a few books later in uh, Cards on the Table is her first real one. And a good, she's a good character. Yeah, she, every book that she's in is good and she yeah. is one of the best characters she created. I don't know how she got started here. Right. So like, I think that, you know, even though this is horrible and really like inexcusable, this, this book is so terribly bad. Like it has no redeeming features. Like, I, I don't know what was going on that it became what it was, but like, it, at least Christy does so much better most of the time. Like, I was gonna say, uh, it's kind of interesting that, you know, we've had like spy thriller, romance, uh, you know, a Poirot, a non-detective, a Tommy and Tuppence, but after this book, it is like straight Poirot for like a, a large amount of books. She writes a back to back to back. I don't know if you noticed that from the list I sent you, but most of the books that she writes for like the next 10 or so are all Poirots. That's what I'm saying. You throw up and then you don't have to do yeah, it so for I like another like, five or six years. I don't know if she like, yeah, got it out of her system or if the, like the publishers were like, can you do that thing that people like again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that's what it is. I didn't get to <laughs> yeah. do like any research on this or anything because I didn't like really care. Like, there isn't much. <laughs> there yeah. isn't much yet. So like, I wonder if it was just filler or like if it was something old that was hanging around, like, like half formed that she was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to throw this out there for this magazine or for to fulfill an obligation or whatever. Because even the character himself was so flat. Like, I mean, okay, uh, really, Harley Quinn w was like what? When you boil it down, was like what a reincarnated something or a wife abuser who like jumped off a cliff or got pushed. I, I, even he had more personality yeah, than Parker Pine does. I, I oh was my gonna, gosh! This, this does feel like in reading them chronologically, it feels even the style of the stories feel like way earlier, Christy. Yeah. It feels like something that she had laying around. I agree with you there. And it was like, oh, like, like it got mixed up. Like it was a, like it was a blackadder right. moment. Like it was meant to go in the fire, but instead it got saved and then yeah. the stuff went into the fire. But, but you know, it, by it now, gets better. It gets better. And if nothing else, yeah. this is just like, this is insanely fun to destroy if right. nothing else and i, I like to imagine why it, got, oh, go ahead. why it got published because by now she's a household name after roger Ackroyd, miss marple like she's already had the orient big express. name we are oh, post express. orient express right now people yeah. so no matter how bad this was it would get published and people would read it yeah so she already had a pass there and thankfully she doesn't just ride that pass for the rest of her career and write nothing but parker pine or that would be a pretty short run but uh yeah i can see how it got created even though it is a crime against nature yeah so what were you gonna say phil so i i have two potentialities here that i think uh in one is either that she had her sellout moment where they're like we'll pay you I don't know, six punts, six punts, six pence, none, none the more. 
we'll, we'll, we'll pay you six pence for these these stories if you write some serial stories for our magazine. And she was like, cha-ching! And she just wrote this crap. Mm. Or she had, you know, someone, you know, like how uh, like bands are like, hey, we wanted to start exploring uh, the trumpet in our music. And they're like, nah, trumpet's not pop music right now, so you got to do this. And then they get put in this in this uh, corner by their management or whatnot. So I could see someone directing her or encouraging her to do this stuff because yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. But right. she was just like, she contracted and she was getting paid for it. Or the other option is, uh, like you guys said, maybe she had this crap just lying around and they were like, hey, we'll give you some money if you give us this stuff. And she was like, I got an even better idea than writing it. I will just go grab this old thing I have and send you a yeah. page a week, punks. <laughs> you got punks. But, um, Which that's pretty and, awesome. And there's a third so. option. There's a third option. Oh. The third option is that she was like, I'm try this new thing. Like all artists are like, you know what? Uh, I'm really good at writing songs, but I've never tried painting. And then they go paint and it looks like poop. And they're <laughs> like, this sucks. And then they say, you know what? I'm just going to stick to writing songs or I'm just going to stick to uh, claymation videos, whatever it is they're good right. at. She goes back to Hercule Perot for the rest of until she has another midlife crisis. Yeah. So there's your three options when I gave you when I out of the two that I told you were going to exist. I like Along with the, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, Phil, I like that you gave her the benefit of the doubt because I thought that too when I was reading this. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not like her. Because I know I would love. We, we've talked about this before, like that, you know, she was accused, like some of these people say her books are like racially insensitive. And I've never thought of her books that way. She presents some characters that way, but it's always, it's always historical content and context, and it's always like people who were ignorant had these ideas and I and I never felt like she felt this way herself but like these books are just like like horrible on top of horrible there is no character that you can point to to be like yeah see there's there's a good guy there's somebody yeah. who doesn't make me feel bad about myself you what about the what about the 45 year old farmhand that marries <laughs> the fat woman so I like to think I, I I would like to hope that she <laughs> was fleecing everyone I would like so? to hope that she was fleecing everyone with this and she was just getting paid to give them old crap. Or yes. she wrote crap intentionally. That would even be good. Yeah, um, I was going to say, Charlotte, you remember the... Uh, you can kind of tell when she cares about what she's writing and what she doesn't care about. Because even though Quinn isn't that good, I think she did care about that. And like some of the style of it was really well written. Uh, but you remember she was part of the uh, Detective Writers Club and they all Ooh. wrote a piece... Of and I don't know if we'll review this on the podcast. Uh, Not really her book. The floating admiral. Yeah, every writer in that club wrote a chapter, and like her chapter was purposely completely like everybody would write something logical, and then she would come in and she would like trash everything that everybody uh -huh. else had done, and would like completely go off the wall with these crazy theories and these because crazy they lines had to of follow logic. her right. Like right. they had to follow whatever she wrote. So she was like, I'm going to burn this I'm thing I'm just going to do whatever I want. And everybody was, wrote their own solution. And hers was, I remember hers was like a Parker Bynes solution. Because I don't think she cared. It yeah. wasn't like a money making thing. It was just this project. And I feel like this is a book she did not care about. That it might have just been a money thing. Completely. Because you can't like, you can't look at everything she's done. Her entire body of work and how genuinely good most of what she's done is and then there's this one turd and you can't be like 
this 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 was from your mind so, i really have no you... idea what happened at the end of the books like the the, the the stories near the end it became increasingly more like parker pine became a detective and i really just lost the thread and didn't know what the heck was going on for like the last three stories neither did she <laughs> so charlotte would yeah. you say and i don't know if i even re- really need to ask this would you say this is worse than our bottom choice unfinished portrait yes i would say <laughs> this goes at the that this goes like not even the bottom of the barrel this goes like you like six feet and of dirt under the bottom of the barrel like yeah. i really do think i don't know of anything else that we are ever going to read ever of hers that is worse than this hopefully not so, <clears throat> oh no so I don't there wanna... is one sorry we'll have to wait and see <laughs> which one uh no i don't want to spoil it she's keeping say, it a secret say the name say the name <laughs> so i don't want to mess with your <laughs> i don't want to mess with your rating system but i did have a thought about that um about this so you guys are rating everything i guess that was published everything that's a book but it but i would say it almost feels unfair even to rate this book in with the other collections because it's like saying oh what was better nirvana's nevermind album or the box set of b-sides and rarities this is such a compilation of wacky stuff that it doesn't feel like it was properly published work of hers like yeah, it's it definitely is, not fair, it's a compilation it's of things happen. oh yeah i mean i get that but <laughs> i like just, that out though i like I, I would go it doesn't even that, feel like but... it fits it doesn't right. feel like it fits as part of her stuff because it's like okay these are all josh's uh po- these are all josh's uh novels that he's written over the course of his years and also here's this stack of poetry he wrote when he was in elementary school we're gonna compare that yeah. Gonna rate those. I would. That would knock the novels right out. <laughs> the poems up here. It just doesn't feel like it's the it's, uh, uh, in the same class of, of of items. I I completely agree. Yeah, you're right. But uh, that being said, you know, it should be at the bottom <laughs> of, of any list. You know, no matter what you compare it to. Ever. The strict, being the strict professional that Josh is, yeah, right. he's not gonna make an exception. I'm sorry. It's just the way we roll. Um. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. so Charlotte, you have a game. I do. I do have a game. Very nice. So many yeah. stories we didn't cover. I know. So I know. We are, I can't we even over our time. I can't even remember all of them. They all kind of <laughs> went together after. Yeah, exactly. It it didn't. At some point, it didn't even matter. But you want to you want to know what's crazy though? Uh, as bad as these are, the first like. S- I think the first eight or nine of them, I listened to twice. Wow. I wanted to make sure I knew what was going on. Were you mad at yourself? I wanted to make sure I knew what was going on when we got together. And so I I just one day I sat down and I listened to them all through. But I had listened to the first, uh, the two first, like two thirds of it I had already listened to as Charlotte sent them. And then she kind of got busy. Like she got a job (laughs) or something. And uh, and then when she finished up, I just went started back at the beginning, went through all of them. And I was oh like, "Hey, goodness. these suck just as much the second time." Yep, <laughs> they do not age well. <laughs> so um, yeah, and those took that like consistently. They were a half an hour per story. Yep, so yep. That that's what it averaged to. Six hours. I listened of- to six hours of oh. straight of Charlotte reading me Parker Pine. I, I am so sorry. That is cruel and unusual punishment. We'll have to make it up to you. 
Whatever you've done in your life, send, you have now cake. paid for with that. <laughs> oh, so I thought that since there's not enough Parker Pine in this world, that maybe we could include just a little bit more. Like, yes, we've got, we've got 12. Let's see if we can get like a little bit more. So, Zach, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say we'll let the guests go first, but you, we haven't... I'm pretty much a guest every episode. <laughs> so we'll have you go yeah. first. Do you have your trusty dice? You do? Yes. Okay. So in this game, and this is inspired by something Josh did in the past of um, like right. maps or create your own adventure kind of thing. So okay. I, have, I have a list of names of ridiculous, stupid sounding names. I have a list of scenarios or problems that are ridiculous and stupid i have a list of stereotypes and i have a list of stupid solutions so you're going to roll the dice and whatever the number is for each one and i'm going to write it down and you my friend are going to create not a parker pine but a mr fiddler fern story <laughs> okay zach roll the dice one one okay one. So the name that you chose or that fate chose for you is Mr. Meatpacker. Mr. Meatpacker. That is right. not okay. <laughs> Are we already into the stereotype section? I definitely didn't share it on this game. <laughs> Roll the dice again. Four. Four? Okay. Um... Cred, where'd the scenario go? Isn't this awful? I wrote this like five seconds ago. Okay, so your problem is, or excuse me, Mr. Meatpacker's problem is that he has toilet paper stuck to his shoe. Oh, that is, man. That is <laughs> terrible. Somebody call Parker Pine. <laughs> I've been trying to get a lizard to bite it off your shoe. <laughs> the lizard's uh, roll the dice again. Another too one. simple of a solution. A one? Yeah. So your stereotype is that no man will ever ask for directions. That is true. <laughs> uh, and okay, I think we only have one more. Oh my gosh. No, don't ignore that. He just rolled another one. <laughs> I'm going to stop getting ones. <laughs> one is really great. So, you know, okay, you <laughs> we can do one. Okay, so the solution, I'm not going to read the solution. The solution will just come at the end and hopefully you can tell. Okay. Okay, so since, uh, since Zach got to hear, did you, did you, you did listen to one, right? No. Okay, good. So Phil is the only one who's had the treat of listening to my terrible reading skills. So oh. now everyone will get to hear it. I am going to, with accent. Ooh. But only you like I'm only gonna do like you know white people accents. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Agatha Christie, circa the year Mr. Parker Pine was written. <laughs> oh gosh, it's just like ancient Rome, maybe. <laughs> right. Okay, Zach. So that you you and the dice have created this story. Are you okay. ready? Me and my trusty friend, the dice. <laughs> Mr. Meatpacker looked around him. How had he come to this? It had all started out so beautiful, 
so wondrous, so hopeful. He sat crying, not the discreet tears of a true gentleman, but the full-on ugly cry of an eight-year-old who's just been told he can't have pizza for breakfast. No. A short, stocky, bald man, not George Costanza, approached him. Are you unhappy, he said. My goodness, sir, he gasped through the sobs. You are a genius. However did you deduce it? I have been a glorified accountant for 40 years, Mr. Fiddler Fern replied. I know things. Now please, tell me a complete, tell me a complete and slightly creepy stranger all of your dark secrets and problems. Well, you see, said Miss, mm, that guy. <laughs> I did this a lot too. Fern. Sorry, Phil. I messed up so much. I was like, but, mm, sorry. <laughs> This is exactly have... what it was like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I was like halfway in. I'm like, no, I'm not going to stop here. <laughs> well, you see, sir, I have toilet paper stuck to the bottom of my shoe. Oh, the shame. Ah, yes, Mr. Fiddler Fern replied. This is a particular problem, especially since no man will ever ask for directions. But... There is a solution, a complex, idiotic, unethical, and just possibly slightly illegal solution. Will you trust me? Yes, of course. I'll do anything. Good, said Mr. Fiddler Fern, awash with confidence. Now just relax and leave everything entirely in my hands. Oh, and also, can you give me like $5,000? What is your wise solution, sir? Oh, crud, I lost it. Sorry. Hold on. My phone blacked out. We got it. We're good. We're good. Hold on. Hold on. Right <laughs> here. All we have to do to solve your problem is this. We merely need to phone in a bomb threat to the local frozen yogurt store. Then we will bribe the manager to take responsibility. Then all your problems will be over. My goodness, <laughs> sir. You are a genius. Twelve years later... Mr. Fiddler Fern was walking down the street. Ah, Mr. Meatpacker, I see. How, uh, the, no, no. How nice it is to see you again. Tell me, are you happy? Why, yes, sir. After serving my prison sentence and paying the fines, <laughs> I really do feel much better. <laughs> Mr. Fiddler Fern leaned back in his chair, happily applying polish to the top of his bald head. Another satisfied customer. It's all in a day's work for Mr. Fiddler Fern, detective. Yay! I, I'm glad that that's where the ending went, because you, you said 12 years later, I was like, I want the next line to be about the guy leaving prison. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the whole rant that, that Phil, that you did at the beginning about how illegal and awful everything was, like that is so accurate. And I had like already written this stuff down. I'm like, oh man. I also uh, forgot about the word ethical. That was another thing. You, yeah, even when it's not illegal, it's unethical. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somebody who had had a government job for like 40 years would have been like, would have been so conditioned to just be like, no, we must do this by the book. And he's just like, you know what? I just want to have some fun. Well, it's, it's, it's Britain. They have a different governing system. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, how would you rate that story? I would put it um, below uh, the case of the discontented 
uh, rich lady <laughs> above everything else that Agatha Christie's ever written. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phil. Well, now it's your turn. You could you could steal the show here. Uh, do you have your die? I do. Okay, give it a roll. I have rolled a six. All right. So your the name you have chosen is Madame Pellicarp. You had a hard enough time saying it there. I can't wait to hear you read it. <laughs> and roll it again. Three. A three. <clears throat> so, oh, where's the problem? Okay. So you, you, or Mr. Mrs. Pellicarp used a fish fork to eat chicken. Shame. <laughs> so it's such a relatable problem, isn't it? Doofus. Uh, okay, roll again. Five. Your stereotype is that all skinny people are bad at math. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing personal. Thanks. Okay, and roll for your solution, and I won't tell it to you. Four. A four? I managed to roll a small straight. Yatsi. <laughs> Yatsi. <laughs> okay. Are we ready? Please say no. 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 Oh. Okay, good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to let my phone black out this time. <laughs> okay. Madame Pellicarp stood outside the door to Mr. Fiddler Fern's office. She held a sheet of toilet yeah, she held a sheet of toilet paper in her hand. Are you unhappy? It said. Uh, no. Are you happy? Wow, this is so bad. <laughs> Are you happy? It said. If not, try eating prunes. And if that doesn't work, consult Mr. Fiddler Fern, CPA, retired. Madame Pellicarp sighed. She didn't hold with this newfangled advertisement. Probably all a hoax. Just like psychics, gypsies, and weathermen. And yet... She summoned up her courage and knocked on the door. Come in, a fat, bald voice said. <laughs> ah, I see you are unhappy, said Mr. Fiddler Fern. I can tell by your fashionable clothes, your expensive shoes, and your permanent smile lines. It's quite obvious that you're miserable. You're quite right, said Madame Pellicarp, aghast with disbelief and respect. Tell me, what is your problem? said Mr. Fiddler Fern. Well, this morning I woke up and, horror of horrors, I, I used a fish fork to eat my chicken. Oh, man. I don't wish to overreact, but if this gets out, it could ruin me. It could be the end of Western civilization as we know it. Ah! said Mr. Fiddler Fern. <laughs> <laughs> It's important that we do not panic, he said calmly. I ran into this particular problem once before, you know, back when I used to use a calculator 12 hours a day. 
we must take extreme caution in your case, because, as you know, all skinny people are bad at math. Uh-huh. I see, Miss Madame Pellicop said. You can't help me. I knew you were a fraud, she said angrily. She rose to leave. Uh, there is one thing we could try, said Mr. Fiddler Fern creepily. Yes, it will require $10,000, a brand new Ferrari, and oh, the deed to your house. There was a long and awkward pause. Leave a blank spot here. <laughs> right, said Madame Pellicop. Sounds fine to me. Where do I sign? Here, here, and here. Oh, and initial here. Now, all we have to do is... Well, yeah. All we have to do <laughs> is shoot your children with tranquilizer dots and have them microchipped while they're out cold. The plan is foolproof. In fact, it's already done. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Madam Pellicop was shoved out of the office and the door locked behind her. She took a deep breath. The world suddenly seemed a brighter, friendlier place. Wow, I feel so much better, she said. I'm sure glad that I consulted Mr. Fiddler Fern, detective. <laughs> Man, Agatha Christie's rolling in her grave. <laughs> oh gosh! So what? What is the? Who won? Josh, was it was it Phil's story or Zach's? I my personal favorite, but maybe not the best, as we've discussed, is Zach's. <laughs> that one, that one, like that one, felt like it lived and breathed uh, <laughs> sheer stupidity, and that's what I kind of liked about it. Yeah, uh, I actually I like Zach's story best. <laughs> so here's some of the names that you missed out on: Lady Flemhurst, <laughs> Colonel Mothwing, Miss Liverspot, oh, yeah. Miss Liverspot, and Captain Spamflint. I think stupid names is an inaccurate description. I think names in Josh's next book is a better I think description. My children's names <laughs> is the best first name, Colonel. <laughs> Some of the other scenarios were that the copier was out of toner, your pet hamster had dandruff, you borrowed your neighbor's hedge trimmers and now they're dull, or you found out the person you were dating likes Britney Spears. Oh, that's rough. That was rough. <laughs> that's a deal breaker. The other stereotypes were all women are afraid of mice. No one from Canada knows how to sing. <laughs> Anyone who lives at the North Pole is nearsighted, and not a single millennial knows how to use a can opener. <laughs> that last one's true. That's that true, one yeah. is true. We all know it. I agree. Um, yeah. The other <laughs> solutions were uh, you fake your own death and then collect on the insurance money. Uh, then blackmail the insurance agent to go along with you. That one's pretty straightforward, and I think she used that one. Um, <laughs> you make fake fossils out of plaster and sell them to the museum as rare dinosaur bones. Uh, you tell the vegan <laughs> at dinner party that it's an impossible whopper, even though it's 100% grass-fed beef. Oh, <laughs> Or you smile <laughs> your best friend's chair when they stand up, so when they sit back down, they will fall flat on their butt, and it'll be hilarious. <laughs> that one is that good. bit. That bit's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like I like them all, but I still was I actually was still uh, very fond of what everything that unfolded in Zach's story <laughs> made me think. There's always money in the banana stand. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> good job, Zach. Thank you. I worked very hard. 
Good work on that game, Charlotte. Those are all very good. You deserve <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So on the next episode of Don't Drink the Tea, what will we be reading, Charlotte? Something Anything better? Anything but this. <laughs> Something slightly better, maybe? The comic section of the local I think no matter how bad the book was after this, it would feel like a masterpiece. I am going to read like, like, like something about like pathology or like cadavers or just something to cheer myself up. Tell okay. as old as time. So or as old as <laughs> the next time. book. Parker Pine and Crime. <laughs> right. Off to bed now, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. that I, it's really great like Phil this was the perfect book I think to have you on because yeah. you just have you've got so many good insights and like with some people, it needed George Costanza like, to yell about it <laughs> exactly and like some people you'd ask me like really you just asked me to guest star on the bottom of the trash pile but you're like no I can do this and I will make it classy <laughs> I don't know about classy. But you make trash classy. <laughs> you know me, always making garbage great again. So thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Uh, the next episode, we'll do three-act tragedy, which hopefully won't be as much of a tragedy as Parker Park. Phil, would you like to sign out this episode with your audition as Parker Pine? Oh, dear. <laughs> My audition. Three, two, one, action. Uh, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I read statistics. Oh, boy. You're hired. How do I stop <laughs> recording? <laughs> Big red button. I found it. <laughs> yep. <laughs>